Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, with Workplace Wellbeing Day happening tomorrow, we thought today is the perfect time to tackle the topic of burnout. With the arrival of COVID-19, the way we worked completely changed. Over the last two years, most of us had to make the rapid switch to remote working, while others had to go into the workplace, force greater pressure and strains to how things operated in the workplace itself. On top of that, parents had a difficult job act of homeschooling and work to contend with at the same time. But now, with the serious restrictions over, things are getting equally as complicated and burnout is more intense than ever before. Or is the new hybrid work life bringing its own stresses and strains or is it working for others? Well, here to talk us through all of this is psychotherapist and burnout expert and best-selling author of The Burnout Solution, Siobhan Murray. Siobhan, welcome back. How are you? Thank you so much. Gosh, it's over three years since I was here with you. And burnout is more topical than ever before. Who would have thought? I mean, three years ago it was topical. Now it is, I think, in everyone's conversation. At some point, it's not just about the pandemic. It's the levels of burnout people are experiencing. And let's reassure people that it is normal to feel burnt out. And especially as things are coming to an end, that uncertainty is, uh, is kind of creating burnout, but also the fact that there's that sense of it's over, that kind of PTSD is kicking in a little bit. We've got through it, we've survived and people are getting hit with a backlog of stress. Absolutely. It's nearly like when you think, well, I, I, I absolutely agree. Firstly, lots of people are experiencing this. This is not unique to any one set of people or age cohorts or anything. It's right across the board. But it's like I always imagine, you know, when you go on a holiday and you get on the plane and you've been so excited to get on a holiday and you get off on the other side of the plane and you've got a head cold because your immune system has relaxed. Everything that's been uptight, really focused on your work, your kids, your family, all that's been going on. And then you go on holiday. That's kind of like what's happening right now. It's that that sort of calming down period after a very stressful two, two and a half year period. OK, I think it's important to do that, to reassure people and say, you know what, it's normal. Because people can get very hard on themselves when they're experiencing all these symptoms. And the fact that it's a very normal reaction to a very abnormal situation that we've been through. So don't put any extra pressure on yourself. Completely. And I mean, there's things I think we're going to talk about, but it is about not putting that extra pressure on yourself and not beating yourself up. Because, you know, so what some people might go, actually, I'm dealing with this OK. Other people aren't dealing with it OK. And will they will, but it will take them a little bit more time to readjust to a different way of living. And chat us through the symptoms of burnout. And there's, lo- I'm sure that's a very open-ended question. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, there's loads of them. But the common ones people may be experiencing and, you know, that just to help them recognise that they are burnt out. So when I talk about these, these are not just the 
I felt this today or this week. We are looking at periods. I would have always said 12 weeks or more, but let's just even break it down to about eight weeks when it's continual. So when you're looking at disturbed sleeping, so an inability to fall asleep, um, your mind is just constantly racing or you fall asleep very quickly, but you wake up at two or three and you can't get back to sleep. That I see is very common right now. Irritability with friends, family, work colleagues, um, tearfulness over events that don't warrant the emotion that's being paired with it. Um, Possibly uh, looking at alcohol as a perceived distressor, so increased alcohol intake, food as a perceived distressor. Um, And it's not just, you know, what we've all heard about being in in the the office as being in the kitchen. Um, That just feeling disconnected from your work, not feeling motivated, not feeling you you sleep, you wake up in the morning and that not another day. Um, All of those can contribute to feelings of then becoming utterly burnt out. But also, and I think it's important, there's a lot of, of burnout symptoms like depression that are very similar to depression, that that low mood. So if you feel like that, that's where you do need to see a GP. And it's fair to say it's not just work that can cause burnout. It can be the emotional component or the family component of the last two years. That can lead to burnout too. Oh, completely. And I think, and interestingly, um, last week, uh, Prince Harry had commented on an article, uh, an interview that he had done that he really experienced that working from home. It was really tough for him. Um, now, I think his working from home might be a little bit different <laughs> than the, the the average person, but it was something that he even commented on. But if you look at what the World Health Organization, they classify burnout as an occupational phenomenon. It's not a medical condition. It's an occupational phenomenon. However, there's a term that I much prefer using, which is burnout is emotional, mental and physical exhaustion brought on by emotionally demanding situations. So in agreement with you, then that emotionally demanding situation could be work or it could be a family situation or it could be extended family. There's a whole different pool of things that we could pull from that. So it's not just work. And does it just go away? Mm. There is the magic question. So for some people who are tipping on the, the edge of burnout, and if they understand and recognize what's going on and they pull back them and, and start putting some really good things in into place, it can be managed. One of the biggest things that I see is that people don't ask for help. We are not a great nation for asking for help. Um, which means that we then try and do it on our own, which we get sucked further down the vortex. So what I've seen is when people are suffering from chronic burnout, they actually do take time off work. They could be off for periods of three months. And through that, they then have to put all the good stuff back in. So yes, recovery is there, but we don't want people to get to that stage where they're signed off work. We want people to be able to have all those good things in place, whether you want to call them rituals or habits, things that they do every single day for a minute, two minutes, not the big things, just the small things that keep them in a good place. And can I ask you, who do you ask? So if people are listening in, they have the feeling of burnout, they think they might be burnt out. Who do you talk to? So first of all, speak to somebody. So whether that's a friend, a colleague, whether it's somebody in HR, because this is the thing is that we we were saying at the beginning is that people think they're alone. They're not alone. 
when you actually say these are what this is what I'm experiencing, you're going to find somebody else is feeling the exact same way. So speak to a colleague, speak to somebody in HR if that's where you if there's somebody there that you can speak to, possibly speak to your GP, see whether you need to be referred to talk to a therapist. Maybe you need to speak to a coach. Maybe you need to look at reducing your working hours if you can, if that's an option. And it's not going to be an option for everybody. Maybe it is taking some time off work. So, but first of all, speak to somebody. Acknowledge that you're not in a great place. Okay, so that's the first step. It's just acknowledging it. Yeah. Talking it out and getting, and, and even venting your feelings or talking about how you are feeling. And that's yeah. a huge lift to your mood to be able to just talk it out with somebody. Absolutely. And I think we're, we, we're great at going, yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, no, no. Unless our leg is hanging off, we're great at going, no, I'm fine. Yeah, no, I just keep getting on with it. It's okay to say, no, I'm not having a great day. It's, I'm not having a great day. If you say it to the right person, Somebody's not going to try and fix it. They're going to try and help you, support you to be able for you to fix the situation. And I suppose the key word there is support, isn't it really? That you need someone to work with you, to guide you, to steer you, to get back to being your normal self or the best version of yourself. And that takes time. Absolutely. Um, You know, like I work corporately, I work with individuals, but I also work with companies. And gone are the days pre-pandemic where I would have gone in and done a talk and it would have been a one-off. And what I do see now is that companies are much more invested in being able to support their employees and their staff because this isn't going to go away because you look at just even the, the coming out of the last two and a half years but the hybrid working and how people are navigating that, whether it's working for some people, whether it's not still, oh, we're still learning even just that level um, of, of the return to working in a different place. And so there's so much going on. The more that we can get that support from companies and colleagues and peers and we can share shared experience, the more we're going to be able to ensure this doesn't happen. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting all things burnout. A fascinating chat. I think it'll be quite a comforting chat for a lot of people who are listening in. One thing you were talking about there was uh, companies. What can they do or what should they do to mind their staff? I think mind is a really good word because people are, and we're seeing it with our, with our PT clients, with our own corporate clients, burnout is the thing. Because everyone is experiencing it. Off the back of the TV show this year, absolutely for two or three weeks myself, I was flat. All the things you talked about there, I was taking pretty much all of those boxes. So what can companies do to mind their staff or what should they be doing or what things will be, if people are listening in who are managers or maybe owners of companies, what should they be doing to mind their staff? You know, this is going to come as probably, they're going to go, well, that wasn't very helpful. Well, this is lead by example. Mm. Be the leader, whether it's a manager, whether you own the company, whether you're the CEO, wherever, whoever you are, lead by example. Talk about your own experience, because in my experience of working with companies, and I'm sure it's the same with you, somebody on top, some level near the top has experienced this, but hasn't said it. They've said it to a few people quietly. Well, be the person that that goes out in a letter, an email to all the staff. This is how I dealt with it. This is what I did. I'm letting you know it's normal. So the more we can do that, lead by example. Don't leave the people, our our teams flailing around going, what will I do? What will I do? Have those conversations. I think, I mean, and I think this is such a, a bigger conversation, but 
the whole the the hybrid working model, I really believe that for some people who are extroverts and they love being in the office. But I think, you know, there there might be situations where not everybody's in all the time, but let's try and create a day maybe once a month where everybody is in. And even if that time together is those conversations, those social connections that people can talk because people don't call each other up when they're on Zoom and go, no, tell me, how are you actually feeling? So those organic conversations that we need, we have always needed that we've kind of lost over the last two and a half years, as they call them, the water cooler conversations. So it's very much being brave as a leader and saying, Here's me. Here's what I've been through. Here's yeah. how I fix it. It's okay. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength to show your vulnerability. Uh, you don't have to walk around talking about it, you know, 24-7. And, but show that you're human. Show that, that you have compassion. And it brings it back to the self-compassion that got you through it so that you can share that self-compassion and be compassionate towards your employees. Can I take that? I'm going to take it away from, from a company for a second and bring it to the social media world. Because one thing I, I really worry about and deeply, and I don't know these people at all, but if, if, I, if, for, if I'm following certain people and they're almost having burnout breakdowns mm-hmm. on their Instagram stories, they're talking to their camera, they're crying or they're... they're uh, I really worry for them. And in terms of... in term, not, My question isn't, is that healthy? Because I don't think it is healthy, but I, I'm intrigued by your take on it. Because in terms of that vulnerability, a lot, a lot of a lot of Instagram accounts are, uh, have gone down that route, whether purposely or not, of 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 being openly vulnerable uh, on that kind of platform. And I'm intrigued by what you would think of something like that. I think it's really interesting because depending on the followers that person has, um, what their their page, if we're looking at Instagram, what their messaging is about, um, I, I think we have to be very careful because. If you're looking to give or receive advice from somebody who is not qualified as an accredited psychotherapist um, or a psychologist, then we're, 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 we're playing with people's emotions and we're not holding them in a safe space. And it can be a very scary um, experience. And I've seen it happen. So I, I do think we have to be very mindful of what we watch through social media and what we portray on social media. And I'm then going to bring that to self-employed people. I'm going to take, trying to get me <laughs> box here. But for the, they might be listening and think, that's great if you're, you know, if you're in a company yeah. and they're trying to mind you and you have an employment assistance program and all of that. But I work for myself and I've got loads of jobs on today and I'm too busy and I've got a family and all that. that so in terms of burnout from their perspective, and presumably it's a similar thing of A, having that conversation, but B, realizing that you can only work from that empty kind of cup yeah. for so long before you really burn out. Oh, and and like yourself, I'm self-employed. Um, I mean, I think this is this is quite interesting. I've had to learn how to manage burnout because I've been there. I ticked that box a couple of times um, and I saw something very funny. I think you're going to you're going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe she's saying this. We were talking, it was about morning rituals. And last year I read, uh, it was last summer, I read The 5am Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robin Sharma. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great book. 20, 20, 20. 20 minutes exercise, 20 minutes meditation, 20 minutes journaling. I'm a single parent, self-employed with two teenage boys. That's not working for me. So I do have a morning ritual, which sets me up my habits, my things that rituals that I do every day. 
if they don't get done before midday, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be at 5 a.m. So as long as I get out for a walk, as long as I move, as long as I eat to the best of my ability, as long as I have those social connections with my friends that takes me out of the work that I'm doing, as long as I can tick. And there's seven different pillars that I follow and it's called um, Frat's Wheel. Um, and it's but it's also ensuring that I'm being inquisitive into what's working for me or not working for me. So I think as a self-employed person or if you're a small, small company, it's really important that you're look after. And I, I actually despise this term and I'm going to say it, your self-care. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I despise it, because it's so bandied around the place. But if you take this self-care is not just about the bubble baths and the chocolate cake and, and all those nice things, um, which are individually lovely. Self-care is about asking yourself the hard question, what do I need right now? And then following through. And that's the hard bit. It's the following through on what it is. And that ties in, I suppose, then with the ability of saying no and learning to say no yeah. to certain things that don't work for you or from a time perspective that actually taking some time back for yourself and the, the ability to do that presumably reduces the risks of burnout. Yeah, and I think, you know, another another great wellness buzzword are boundaries. Um, boundaries, fabulous. We do need them. But if we don't know why we're putting a boundary in place, like genuinely connecting to that boundary. So, for example, if my teens come to me after 9 p.m. at night to ask me a serious question of what they want, will I take them, can they have, um, they know now I won't answer them. I I will say we'll talk about it tomorrow because my brain is done. I have all my emotions, all my energy, my cognitive reasoning is done by 9 p.m. So catch me in the morning. We'll have that conversation. So that's a boundary that I've in place. What, but I had to realize that what was happening if I engaged with them in a conversation, we'd end up having an argument. So my why for that boundary was not I just didn't want to talk was because I don't want an argument. So when we understand why we're putting these great boundaries in place, we actually can do them with they stop being boundaries. They just become part of what's good for me right now. And has that become more challenging for remote workers who have less boundaries and who, you know, emails are on 24 seven and it's you're on all the time and then you're at home. So you're really on all the time and finding the boundaries between work and home and all of that is is far more difficult. Yeah. And and I mean, my heart goes out to have a neighbor to a couple of doors down from me and I see her in (laughs) the sense a bit stalkerish, but I can see her (laughs) in her back window, which is her bedroom in the corner. And she's got two screens and she's working, you know, every single day. She hasn't gone back into the office yet. And, you know, that's where she sleeps. That's where she's working. She is leaving that room first thing in the morning at lunchtime and then for maybe an hour or two in the evening and then she's back into bed again. So there's no boundaries in there. So I do think it's become really difficult for us um, to put those boundaries in place. It, It became easier for us to go, well, actually, I won't get up at seven to do the commute. So I'll get up at half eight, maybe course to nine. Now I won't shower. I'll shower at lunchtime. But I'll... so our, our, our way of being got skewed, our way of what we had before. So shifted and putting those a little bit of structure, not hard, not like hard nose. I'm not doing that. Just a bit of structure because we like structure. We as human beings 
like structure. If we look at babies, toddlers, young children, they respond to knowing what their boundaries are. They might push them, but they respond. It keeps them safe. And that's what we need. Keeps us safe. Okay, so look at your schedule, look at your day and create those boundaries and help keep yourself safe. What a, a habit that I got get people to do is to use a paper planner and um, just for a month or two. If you're used to using online tools, that's great. I do. But when I need to just re, re reset myself, use colored highlighters, pens and document everything that you do. So when what time do you do your walk? Um, highlight it when you do it. If you don't do it, why did you not do it? What did you prioritise over that? And just for a couple of weeks, just to see, OK, do I actually stick to what I think I'm doing or am I just fooling myself? And then the colours that you really like. So say you, I love green. So green is the colour of self-love. So in my calendar, even in my, my online calendar, anything that I do for myself, I have it highlighted in green because that's my. So I have to have something every day in there. So at a glance, I can go, yep, I'm doing that. doesn't matter if it's five minutes or an hour, two hours. doesn't matter. It's in there. If someone has concerns around a loved one, I think this is a really interesting question because what do you do? So if you're concerned for someone in your life or a colleague or just someone that you care about, they may be burnt out. That can sometimes be a very difficult conversation to have and something very difficult to take on. Do you have any tips for people in terms of how they may go about that or how one should go about that? And isn't that, it's a really, it's a thing that's a really interesting question because we don't, we don't want to go, I think there's something wrong with you um, because if somebody is already in that state of, I don't want to, to say there's anything wrong. So I think it's about being very gentle and being very mindful of what we say. But to say, you know, if there's anything you need to talk about, I'm here. And listening for what's being said and picking up on those cues from the other person. But, but just letting them know that you're there. Um, you can rec you can say there's a great book, there's a great podcast, just like this one. Um, or, you know, bring it into the conversation without being direct. And I know that doesn't sound very honest. You're chatting to someone who's who's overly direct. It gets me into trouble lots and lots of times because it can be very difficult not to be. And, and trying to be that softer approach is actually yeah. very, it's not a personal level, I find it very difficult to do. But it, it is so much better as a, a way to open up those kind of conversations yeah. by being softer, by being a bit more, just leaving it out there and not taking it on directly. It's a much better approach for, for people. And it also, it allows us to understand that we can listen by what's been conveyed not just with words um, because we do we get very sucked into well they said they were fine so they're fine whereas actually their body language might be saying something completely different so take it a little bit easier be a bit, be a bit gentler with the person that you care about and ask them a little and and and, and that was something we talked about I think three years ago was that ability to listen it's a very difficult skill to, yeah. to, to, to learn. Some people are phenomenally good at it. Some people are the opposite. I put myself in the latter of those. But listening, is a, it's, a very, it's, a, it's a very important skill in terms of talking about burnout and stress management and all of those things. Yeah, I remember seeing somewhere on social media, um, some, a, a husband had said, this is a, he used this, so I'm not going to take ownership. Uh, his wife had said something and he replied with, do you want me to fix this or do you want me to listen? And I think it's a really good, in, in all relationships, whether it's with our kids, whether it's with colleagues, it's, um, it can bring a bit of humour. Because I also think, I mean, we've just gone through two and a half years of the most unhumorous 
period in our lives that we have probably ever experienced. Um, so to be able to bring a bit of humour into our being is so important while still talking about very serious things. Finally, top tips for people who are listening in. What would you like them to take from the episode? Oh, well, you know, my my favourite thing is sleep. Um, I, I would I didn't even touch on, on sleep. Um, you know, sleep is not good. Sleep is not going to make the problems go away. But good sleep is going to help you to be able to manage yourself in managing stress and burnout a hell of a lot better. So if if you're looking at where do I start, admit to yourself that you're just not you haven't been feeling well for a while. Look at your sleep, reach out to somebody, speak to somebody, look for support and be kind. That's self-compassion. You're not alone. If people want to follow you or find you, again, that sounds kind of stalkery, but it's not meant to. Where can they where can they do both? <laughs> so they can follow me um, on twistingthejar.com. I'm on all social media, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and the website is twistingthejar.com, of which there are some easy self-studied burnout uh, online courses, digital courses, and there's information about my next group coaching course as well. Great, Siobhan Murray. It's been fantastic to catch up and to see real people in person. <laughs> You're our first real guest in person in over two years. And it's fantastic to see to see it. It really is. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us tips and tools to make people's world a much better place. Folks, that's it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Health. You know where we are, realhealthandindependent.ie, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. We'll see you next week for more Real Health. Sláin go fall. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Pride sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.